Death be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom you thinkest thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell. One short sleep past we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. This is a very intense poem. Uh, oddly enough, with a very boring title, it's called Sonnet Number 10. And I found this poem. It's by um, a, a 17th century Anglican poet. He also wrote romance poetry, so if you go out and look up this guy's poetry and it's a little inappropriate, my apologies, but this uh, struck me um, in particular. His name's John Donne, and this poet, Sonnet Number 10, really struck me as this spirit of defiance against death. The spirit of defiance that we actually don't see really outside of the Christian spirit. That as we are called as disciples of Christ, we move with such fervor and hope. We are called to move with these because we know of our value. We know of the gift of life. And we know of that gift being perpetuated, protected, and emboldened in our Lord Jesus Christ. That we believe that Christ has conquered death. We believe that death has lost its sting. We believe that this overlord of death, this shadow that has overshadowed all lands across the world for centuries and continues to torment the world, has been defeated by our Lord. It can be difficult, though, because thousands of years later, we do still look out and see, just as we hear in the first reading, and then again in the gospel, as it refers to this prophecy, that there is this overshadowing of death, this darkness in the world. That we could probably say <laughs> with certainty that there is a severe lack of respect for life in the world. In all respects. Everyone might have a particular object or idea or situation in mind. But there's a severe lack of this preciousness of life this worthwhile value of life that we have. Not just certain people, not just certain areas, but everybody. I'm going to be touching on some very difficult topics, and I'm not perfect. I know I'm an imperfect preacher. And because of that, I may say things that may strike a chord more so. So I ask your forgiveness and patience with me, and I also... Um, encourage you if you need to take care of yourself if there's something that does uh, strike a chord um, to take care of yourself if you need to walk up get around leave for a little bit that's that's totally fine but as we look out into the world we do so with this spirit of defiance towards death that it's very easy to put a condition on the value of life we see this throughout the world that you're valued if you're useful you're valued if you can speak. You're valued if you have money. You're valued if you're a certain race. You're valued if you come from a different, certain culture. You're valued if you don't do anything wrong. That life is conditional. It's a sliding scale. It's ironic. We pride ourselves in this modern era being the most progressive, the most forward-thinking, the most developed. 
But here we see as we look out these many issues that death, perhaps looking a little different in different forms, continues to reign in our world. And that we as disciples are called to recognize this and called to be as those who bear the light of hope. The defiance of our Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of that darkness. And to point to those injustices. To point to those areas of death in the world. And to say, death, you no longer have your sting. And for that, I stand up, even if it hurts, even if it means getting beat down or rejected, that I stand up for that gift of life because it is worth it, because I know it's worth it. A few issues, I think, in particular that we can look even just in our own United States. There's been a severe increase of that lack of recognizing that value of life, in particular um, in ourselves. There has been this sense of giving up this very difficult reality of suicide in our world and in our United States. That in 2020, this data is a little old because it takes a while to gather this data, suicide was the 12th leading cause of death in the USA. And this is a rough estimate as well, but about 130 suicides occur per day in the United States. That's insane. And along with this, this loss of reverence and recognition of the gift of one's own life, we have a culture that has begun to turn towards that. And with that solution, that perceived solution of death, the culture has said, well, let me help you with that. In many different ways, the most obvious ways in euthanasia and assisted suicide, the culture says, yeah, maybe your life isn't worth it or it's not worth fighting for. And we have had that support then towards becoming an ally of death that we have this lack of support, this lack of genuine authenticity and knowing one's own value. And oftentimes when one struggles with that in isolation or difficulty, that they are unable to recover or experience that defiance. This could be from mental illness. This could be from trauma. This could be from isolation and loneliness. But our culture's answer is death. That's the solution. We're collaborating with death. We also have the great issue that we recognize today in the reality of abortion. We had the overturning of Roe versus Wade in June, this past June, and it created a bit of a, um, a political uh, ripple. There were some who rejoiced. There were some who uh, got enraged. And the political lines were created even more so. And I think what was lost very much in the message oftentimes when these things get too political is the gift of that life that oftentimes the solution is still death. That in 2020, in the U.S., there were 620,327 620, deaths in the United States alone attributed to abortion. That 20% of pregnancies would end in abortion even today. This is a very rough estimate. I don't know how accurate this is. But it's estimated that worldwide... There have been about 2.5 million abortions estimated this year. It's January. That it's easy to push this issue to the side or to create political lines or move into jargon. But the fact is that there is a loss of life. And there is a great woundedness caused by this. And again, the solution oftentimes presented as the first solution, not the last, not the unthinkable, but the obvious is the end of that human life. 
This isn't even including all the other issues that we experience. Issues of war, death penalty, issues of uh, shootings, mass shootings in our schools. That there is this almost dooming sense of death's reign in our world. And I say this not to scare us, but to hopefully evoke that sense of rebellious spirit. That we must recognize the great gifts of life. And again, it's not just you, 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 or you who are worthwhile or valued, but it's all our very existence. That God made us not because we're needed or necessary. God created us out of a desire that we are. And he holds us in being because he wants us to exist. That we are because we are good. We are because we are wanted. We are because we're worth it. That actually to fight this battle, to build up a culture of life, requires that we recognize our own value. You may look around and say, well, I don't feel valued. Perhaps. There are things, many things in life that can, that can attack our value, can attack our perception of what we're worth. But as Christians, as people of faith, people of hope, we look to the cross to have that great revelation of what we are worth. And we look to the cross and we say, that's how much I'm worth. I'm worth this much. Even in my darkest moments, I can return to that joy, that reality of knowing that God desires that I am. That I can recognize the great value that I have as a beloved son or daughter of God. And that he has the power, the ability to heal, to conquer, and to defeat death in my life. And we can recognize this, we can go out then. We can be the ones who have been waiting in the shadows, who have received this gift of light from our Lord. That as our Lord entered into uh, Galilee, through the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, which historically had been the places first conquered by the Assyrians, that from that point on there was this darkness, this doom and gloom, this death that had entered into this valley. And here we have the Lord entering into this darkness with that gift of light. Say, I'm here to reveal the love of the Father, to reveal the path to life, and to put death to death itself. From this, then, we have this call to action, too. That we recognize our own value in the gift of life. And we are called as disciples to go out. This can be difficult, I would say, because oftentimes we can end up dying on different hills. We can die on the hill of money, of wealth, popularity, fame. We can die on the hill of certain politicians. We can die on the hill of certain individuals in our lives. Uh, preachers. People who speak fun, nice words influencers, celebrities, pleasures, sin, temptation. If we die on these hills, we die. We rot as corpses. But as Christians, as those who are called as disciples of Christ, we are called not to die on these hills, but on the hill, the hill of Calvary. That we die with Christ and we rise with him. That we recognize that gift of our lives and our Lord's ability to conquer death. And we then go out and share that by laying down our lives for the sake of reflecting it in our actions. Not just by making a post on Twitter or having an argument with somebody online or complaining to somebody about something, but recognizing that gift of life and in very small, powerful ways, living out that gift of life by affirming others, reaching out to others, loving others well, by seeking ways to support organizations that don't just result in the death of somebody or move towards the destruction of another person, but instead look to assist, to love, to aid. In the poor, the single mother, the one struggling with mental health. 
We are called to be like Andrew and Peter, who had already met Jesus. We hear that Jesus is walking along the shore, and he's looking for them. He's not looking for any Joe Schmo, but he's looking for Andrew and Peter, these two guys. And he calls them, and they drop everything. They had a successful fishing company. They had a boat. That was hard to get at that point in the Sea of Galilee. That was incredible. They were set pretty much for life. And Jesus says, follow me. And here they were, uh, working in this valley of darkness, this valley of death, this doom and gloom. And they see this person of light, and they're willing to drop everything. Even if that was some security there, they're willing to drop everything to follow Christ. And he goes to James and John and calls them. They're mending the nets. They're not actively fishing. They're not ready to fish yet, but they're the ones preparing. They're preparing to become fishers. They're ones, the ones mending the nets. And then they, too, are willing to chase after our Lord, to become his disciples. So I think for us today, as we celebrate and pray for this great protection and recognition of the gift of life, that we defy death itself in our actions, that we seek to be like these, the apostles, like James and John, and that sometimes we need that time to prepare. We need to recognize the value of our own life and to build up that healthy relationship with our Lord, wherein we are able to then go out and be those children of light, to be like Andrew and, um, and Peter, who then would go out and be fishers of men. That we are called to defy death by that gift we have received and to do so by reflecting the gift of the gospel in our lives. That as we celebrate this week also, uh, that, that desire and pray for that, that, that greater union um, in uh, the wider church, in the Christians, among Christians, that we are called then to also seek that deeper unification that greater peace, and that greater knowledge of our value. So brothers and sisters, let us do this together as we leave. Not leave this here in the church. Not forget about it as we go to brunch or breakfast or whatever. But let's go boldly, defying death, looking to support each other, love each other well, and recognize that great gift of life and promote it in our lives and in our actions. Amen.